Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Been All Around This World, the podcast devoted to the seven-decade recording career of folklorist and documentarian Alan Lomax. My name is Nathan Salzberg. I am your host, and this is our second episode delving into John A. and Ruby T. Lomax's 1939 Texas collection. In this installment, we are discussing work songs, largely focusing on materials sung by black men incarcerated in prisons of the Texas Department of Corrections. Although not exclusively, we'll hear songs from agricultural settings, not operated by the state using prison labor, as well as from the railroad section gang. If, for some strange reason, you missed the first episode in this series, our survey of this 1939 collection, I invite you to start there for some background on the trip, as well as our intentions behind what might seem an arbitrary focus on it. In any case, I invite you to check the show notes for a link to the entire searchable collection in streaming audio. The first recordings of the group work songs sung by black inmates of the brutal Southern Penitentiary Farms were made by John and Alan Lomax in Texas in 1933. First at the Central State Farm, now known as Sea Unit near Sugarland, and then at the Darrington Prison Farm south of Houston. Let it be said that the Lomaxes made their first prison recordings in July of that year, but they did not include group songs, only solo performances. As we discussed in an earlier episode of the podcast, which dealt with perhaps the most notorious of these institutions, Parchment Farm, the Mississippi State Penitentiary, John Lomax guessed, as it turned out, rightly, that the black folk song, quote, least contaminated by white influence or by modern Negro jazz, end quote, could be found in these places. And what were these places, but for all intents and purposes, reconstitutions of slavery-era plantations, which served the explicit purpose of turning a profit for the states, and implicitly to preserve the white supremacy of Jim Crow through a complex system of intimidation, exploitation, and brutalization. John and Allen, together and apart, recorded in such prison farms throughout the 1930s and 40s throughout the South. All the former states of the Confederacy maintained such institutions, and the Lomaxes hit them all. But it was the extensive prison network of the Texas Department of Corrections, now known as the Texas Department of Criminal Justice, where John Lomax made the bulk of his work song recordings. Here's Alan Lomax in 1991, recalling in an interview with Charles Kuralt, his and his father's first foray into the Texas pen. We include it here because it's interesting and certainly relevant, although personally I have been long perplexed by the silly and pat explanation that Alan gives of John's reasoning behind the prison visits. He certainly knew better and knew more than this. My father had the great idea that probably all the sinful people were in jail. Uh, and uh, that's where we found them, and that's where we found this incredible body of music that now I, th I think it's the most interesting of all our folk music. Uh, I don't know, did you ever hear um, Go Down Old Hannah? Well, I'd say that's the American um, Volga Boatman. Um, it addresses the sun. Go down, old Hannah, will, will, will. Don't you rise no more, don't you rise no more. If you rise in the morning, set the world on fire. 
That where, was a, where did you 50, first hear it? That, that's where we heard it, in Texas Penitentiary. That was the first, uh, almost the first recording we made for the Library of Congress. And uh, that, I had heard all the symphonies there were and all the chamber music and, and the best jazz. And I said, this is the greatest music. There were 50 black men who were working under the whip and the gun, and they had the soul to make the most wonderful song I'd ever heard. And they had not only that, but scores more. Go Down Old Hannah, a work song specific to Texas, where such songs were called river songs, owing to their use accompanying labor in the Trinity and Brazos River bottomlands, was obviously a favorite of John's as well as Allen's. When in 1936, John sponsored Sugarland inmate James Baker, known as Ironhead, for parole and took him traveling on a field recording trip, more on that anon, Lomax had Baker sing the song for the incarcerated men as an example of what sort of material he was looking for. Parenthetically, this was a role that Lead Belly had had a couple of years earlier, and when we finally get around to tackling a Lead Belly episode, we'll discuss this. Here is the recording that John made of the song in 1939 at Clemens State Farm in rural Brazoria County, south of Houston. Clemens is one of three prison farms still operated by the Texas Department of Criminal Justice in the county. Oh, in them long, hot summer days, 
performances of work songs from Clemens State Farm in Brazoria, Texas. The first, led by Tommy Woods, the second by Clyde Hill. And while they are in fact discrete items recorded on separate discs, they're not necessarily discrete songs. A song leader could, and no doubt would, combine the lyrics to Go Down Old Hannah with those of Long Hot Summer Days, and keep on appending other verses, a half dozen or a dozen or two dozen, from collective sources or from his own makeup, as some song leaders called it, to get the work gang through the particular job at hand. I think I said this in our Parchment Farm episode a few years back, but it's important to remember that the Lomax's recordings of work songs were never made of incarcerated men doing actual jobs of work, as Woody Guthrie would say. John's first attempts, which took place in Texas in July of 33, failed miserably, and not only because he was using wax cylinders as his medium. A state-of-the-art instantaneous disc recording machine would still be hopelessly inadequate to capture the voices of some 100 men along what was called the line, 
the long line of inmates inching forward as one, singing at their work, whether clearing ground with hose, chopping wood with axes, or picking cotton and dragging sacks behind. John learned to set up small groups or individual performers during their noontime break. Thus, the Lomaxes were never able to record the actual line, and instead the records they made are of reenactments of the work and the singing. Here now are two very different reenactments, not penal in origin. The first by Charles Eckerts of Bandera, Texas, whom we heard blowing a cow horn in a version of The Fox and the Hounds in our first episode of the Texas 1939 series. In this instance, he's demonstrating his repertoire of animal calls, identified as he makes them by Ruby T. Lomax, calling dogs, cows, pigs, and the farm or ranch hands home for supper. And after Mr. Eckert, we'll hear a recreation of a railroad section boss directing his team as they unload steel rails for track laying. Mr. Charles Eckert of Bandera, Texas, is uh, going to call the dogs on a, a cow horn. Henry Trevelyan Calling Track, reenacting the work of directing the unloading and the laying of steel rails by a railroad section gang. 
Trevelyan of Weirgate, Texas, could benefit from an episode of his own. Between 1933 and 1940, he recorded some 60 pieces for the Lomaxes, with his earliest recordings including a number of play party songs and blues ballads concerning the likes of Casey Jones and Duncan and Brady, songs he called worldly songs, which by the time John A. and Ruby T. caught up with him again in 1939, he had forsaken, having been called to preach. But Trevelyan still sang work songs as his occupation obliged him to. After working on the Illinois Central, a job he started at the age of 13, he was hired by Northfield Lumber in Weirgate. He worked his way up to lead spiker and later section boss, laboring throughout East Texas and Western Louisiana, laying temporary track for timber cutting gangs and timber hauling trains. Ruby T. Lomax's field notes on the 1939 session with Trevelyan are long and interesting, despite her having rendered his speech in the ridiculous dialect that white folks insisted on using for their black interlocutors. These notes are accessible through the Trevelyan session in the Lomax Digital Archive. Check the show notes for a link, and hopefully someday we'll find the money to make the rest of the Trevelyan recordings available there too. Here's a song not accompanying work, but a song about it. It's sung by Jose Suarez, a blind guitarist, singer, and composer from Brownsville, Texas. It's a ballad bemoaning the plight of migrant cotton pickers in the days of the bull weevil, which first came to Texas in 1903, and was devastating the cotton industry by the mid-1920s throughout the South. In the song, a father addresses his son, quote, when money was good, I bought chickens, cows, horses, but at 40 cents a hundred, I am very poor, and I walk the streets of Laredo like a deaf mule. Suarez was recorded at the Brownsville home of one J.K. Wells, who Ruby T. credits in her field notes with this bit of cotton labor history. Before the railroad came to South Texas, circa 1904, migrant workers would walk from places like Brownsville way down in the tip of the state all the way to Mississippi, where they'd follow the harvest north till it was finished and then walk back. After the railroad's arrival, seasonal work was arranged by contract, and this itinerancy ceased. The sound can distinct. One, two, three, four, Brownsville, Texas. This is sound, sound. I want to listen to the raya. Go. Yo cuando era niño, mi padre querido, a pis perseguido, feliz me enseñó. Por eso me vengo en agosto de lleno, cuando hoy está bueno todo el algodón. Cuarenta centavos, fue el precio adoptado, en todo el condado pudieron pagar, pero ahora en este año, si acaso estoy vivo, si a peso lo pagan, si a peso lo pagan, no voy a pisar. Pudieron pagar, pero ahora en el año, ya 
pagar Lloraba en los surcos Cual una criatura Y hasta con la luna Y hasta con la luna salía yo a pisar Por eso de nuevo me fui hasta Laredo No traje dinero ni lo pude hallar Andaba en las calles cual habla de un mudo Porque hubo picudo y lo pagaron mal No traje dinero ni lo pude hallar Andaba en las calles cual habla de un mudo Porque hubo un picudo y lo pagaron mal Cuarenta centavos, el precio lo caro Que en todo el condado pudieron pagar Lloraba en los orcos de ver mi fortuna This is Gerald Gorey at 2908 Jackson Street, Houston, Texas. The songs I've sung on this record and other records were songs that I heard in my childhood days in the 80s and early 90s in Marion, Alabama, and Perry County, Black Belt country of Alabama sung by the old ex-slaves on the plantation and in our backyard. Uh, I'm now going to sing one that the women used to sing, used to sing while chopping cotton. Who curl your hair and comb your bang Little boy from Louisiana When he comes Louisiana Lord, Lord He curled my hair And he combed my bangs And he comes from Louisiana Who curled your hair and combed your bangs, little boy from Louisiana? And he come Louisiana, Lord, Lord, he come my hair and he combed my bangs and he come. While not necessarily the kind of thing we'd rush to include in a program, it's relevant enough to our discussion to make a case for. That was the singing of a white man named John Lowry Goree, a native of Marion in Perry County in Alabama's Black Belt. He grew up on his great-grandfather's plantation, raised by a black woman identified only as Aunt Harriet. It was there where he learned the African-American lullabies and work songs that he sung in an affected black delivery for the Lomaxes at his home in Houston. Who curled your hair, who combed your bangs? Lyrics, he said, sung by women as they picked cotton. Moses Clearrock Platt was a former inmate of several Texas prison farms whom Lomax had first met in 1933 during his first visit to the Central State Farm. John recorded him twice that year and then again in 1934. 
When Lomax came back to Texas in 1939, he and Ruby T went looking for clear rock around Taylor, Texas, northeast of Boston, where John knew his home to be. According to Ruby's field notes, which were basically reprinted verbatim in John's book, Adventures of a Ballad Hunter, Clear Rock told them that friends of his and Taylor had heard that then-governor of Texas, the legendary Ma Ferguson, was planning a visit to the Central State Farm, and they sent a card to meet her with 30,000 signatures of, and I'm quoting Ruby, quoting Clear Rock, all the prominent lawyers and officers and all the other witchocrats around Taylor, end quote. And so the governor had him paroled. With no need to venture into the veracity of this story, the Lomaxes found Clear Rock back home in Taylor in 1939. Although he was no longer known as Clear Rock, he was now going by Wyandotte. Like Henry Trevelyan, of whom we spoke earlier, Clear Rock, or Wyandotte, was now the Reverend Mose Platt, and he was reticent to sing the worldly songs he had formerly performed for Lomax. Ruby writes that he was now, quote, devoted to hymns and spirituals, and what secular songs he indulged in were mostly modern jazz, sung for the entertainment of his white friends. But Mr. Lomax's cajoling words and a substantial contribution to the next Sabbath's collection helped Clear Rock to overcome his handicaps, and he was off. For four hours, he told stories and sang and preached and prayed, end quote. You can hear all the recordings that survived from this session on the Lemax Digital Archive. There are quite a few, although not four hours worth, and I do wonder if Ruby wasn't indulging in a bit of hyperbole of her own. For our purposes, we'll now hear the Reverend Mose Clearock Wyandot Platt sing Ain't No More Cane on the Brazos, one of the archetypal Texas work songs born of the Brazos River bottomlands south of Houston, where the state planted so many of its prison farms. Regrets for the intrusions of John Lomax in this recording, notwithstanding, it's still a gorgeous performance. Yeah. 
wound it all up in the last day. We'll wrap up our Work Songs episode of the Texas 1939 series with a group of unidentified men incarcerated at one of those Brazos River Country penitentiaries, singing the tree-felling song Hammer Ring in the dormitory at Clemens State Farm. In Bruce Jackson's magisterial book, Wake Up Dead Man, his 1972 compilation of black work songs collected from Texas prisons, an inmate remembers this song being led by a prisoner named Chinaman in the Trinity River Bottoms at the Ellis Unit north of Houston. Chinaman, whose given name was Joseph Johnson, can be heard on the Wake Up Dead Man LP that Bruce compiled of some of his 1960s Texas work song recordings. Here is this unattributed quote regarding the singing of Hammer Ring. And Chinamen would sing in them bottoms, and there'd be 300 axes dropping with them. When they cut, everybody be cutting. Same thing when they be cutting down. He'd be singing lead on Let the Hammer Ring. Everybody be in chorus with him on Let Your Hammer Ring. All the axes be dropping. When the timber's on the ground, there'd be 300 axes dropping with him, all in harmony. That's something to hear. I'd never seen nothing like that in my life. Thanks for listening this time around. It's been all around this world. Please subscribe if you're not a subscriber. Please leave a rating or review on iTunes if you're a rater or a reviewer. Thanks to my colleague, Michael Cormier O'Leary, who produces the program. We'll be back with you again soon with the third episode in our series devoted to the 1939 John A. and Ruby T. Texas Collection. Meantime, please feel free to explore the collection yourself via the link in the show notes which will take you to the Lumax Digital Archive, where you'll find the entirety of the recordings in streaming audio format. Thanks again. Take care, everybody. I'm a